Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dork down for a while. Hi, Jackie Cation here in the dark forest. Welcome back, dorks. Uh, sitting with me, fellow dork, so much a fellow dork, I gotta call him a nerd. Cause, uh, he is one of the, f- he's, he's what was left of, uh, me getting the comedy film nerds all in my, all in my living room at various times. I had Chris Mancini on a couple of weeks ago Boo. with Neil Weekly. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> so sitting you know, with me is Graham Elwood. But before we get to Graham Elwood, let me do the websites. JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, because somebody made me buy that. Brian Tatoski, I'm talking to you. Uh, but I think you're right. I think you're right. People like the dorkforest.com. Anyway, there's a donation button. You've used it. I like that about you. Because I'm going to get that website redone. Because the bastards at Libsyn. I want it to look like Marin's. That's what I want. Uh, I have a dream. Do you know why? Because I'm a dork. Merchandise. T-shirt. CD. Knock yourselves out. Credits. Patrick Brady does the uh, audio. Fixes it up. Does it real nice. Mike Rickberg sang the song you saw, you, you heard. Vilmos fixes the website. And uh, if you guys want a Ranger of the Dork Forest magnet and you aren't going to see me live and in person to say, hey, could I have a Ranger of the Dork Forest magnet, which I, I will then hand you one, uh, feel free to just use the donation button for like two bucks, unless you live in another country. And then give me three bucks or four bucks. Use your discretion. But think about it. If you live in Bosnia and I have to go to an air... Whatever. You know what I'm saying. I will mail you a damn magnet. But think about it when you give Big shout outs to Bosnia. Everybody out there in Bosnia. <laughs> hey, I have two listeners in Bosnia. <laughs> or at least at one time I did. Everybody in their sniper perch in Bosnia. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Enjoy your minefield. Welcome to the program, Graham Elwood. How's it treating you? How's it going, brother? I'm excited. Just got done doing some ethnic cleansing over there uh, at Comedy Film Nerd Land. <laughs> oh, the Comedy Film Nerd does a little ethnic cleansing. Have you ever been to the mall of Bosnia? It's five ethnic groups fighting for five big anchor stores fighting for ethnic superiority. It sounds great. Do they have an Apple store? <laughs> they have an Apple Bees. And uh, everyone's dying of hypertension. Anyway, you were on the pre-recorded version, and now it's a brave new world in my living room air conditioning and pre-recorded goodness. And I remember we're actually looking at each other last time <laughs> I was you sitting made me sit, I had you sat behind me and then there was like a, somebody else that was the technician and I kept having to do this weird hmm. sort of yeah, yeah. turning not yoga what, friendly. What you want to uh, do people is go to blog talk radio slash the dork forest slash RSS or whatever the actual URL is and then type in Graham Elwood and then you could listen to him just stepping away from the microphone occasionally and then all of a sudden you're just like, you what's happening? You asked me a question. I going, God damn it. Like, why are you standing directly behind me? <laughs> I think you were sitting in that chair, and I was at yes, the computer. Yes, right the desk, right behind me on the computer. And I, and then there was someone in front of me that I had to ask. Right, there was a co-host. There was, a, there was another guest. Yeah, there was a co-host another guest, or another guest, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was the most... <laughs> it wasn't well-planned. It was not well-planned. <laughs> I felt like a cat chasing a string. And <laughs> laser pointer. Go, 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 go. Yes, was, laser pointer. I was attacking a laser pointer on a wall. Exactly. Um, it's uh yeah, so this is much better. The early days of podcasting will all write books. We will all write books about 1998 or whenever it was. No, I think it was uh, 2006 when I started. 2005. Yeah. I yeah. did one. I had my first podcast was was uh, Comics in Combat, which I did around 05 or 06. Yeah, and I'd interview comedians that, that had been overseas, and we we'd swap stories. It was at a, it was back. 
That's right, because you're a big guy to go. You like those the, the USOE kind of the the, the overseas tours. I like the wars. You like the uh, wars. You're like, what are you guys doing? Oh yeah, yeah. You still tense? I'm, I'm gonna. All right, I'm going home in a couple of weeks. I just came to give you a couple of likes. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple of laughs and then head. You guys forget what your kids look like? That's cool. I'm going to be surfing. Um, <laughs> I brought you a board that you can look at and say to yourself, you know what's going to happen in a couple of months? I'm going to get to use this if, I, if it all works out. <laughs> 14 months later, I get to use that. But don't you think that uh, here's, here's always my theory on the overseas tour. You don't even have to be funny. You just have to be someone else. The fact that you're showing up, you're already. You would to win. You already have won. You yes. know what I mean? It's like a kid on a make-a-wish thing. Like, he's, they're no, you know what I mean? He's not. Right. The, right. The, kid, the pitcher's not going to throw him a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, the make-a-wish kid that wants to play against a major league ball player. He's going to get a nice one right down the middle. It's going to be slow and easy. He's going to be able to dial it up and take it to the cheap seats. Wow, a sports analogy. My, I, my make-a-wish uh, analogy is always, where's the make-a-wish kid who's like, I want to take someone with me. Is that all right? Can I take a healthy kid with me? I want a healthy kid who's athletic. I want to strap him to a dynamite boat. I want to see that kid get blown to pieces, and then I'm willing to eat a bullet here. Anything? It just seems like it just seems. Uh, it's getting a little dark. It's getting a little dark in the dark forest. I'm sorry. I took There's us to some Bosnia in 1994. Mm-hmm. I don't know where mm-hmm. I went there. Uh, it's probably my fault. It'll happen. It's uh... <laughs> so comedy film nerds though. That's been going for some time because you got a podcast, you got the website. It's a brand, really. It is a brand, is what, what we are. We are a brand. We're going to be an empire. And oh, yeah. oh, that's right. All right. My goal is for us to make so much money that we can build our own private army. Oh, interesting. And attack Mercenaries. Comedy Central. And attack and Comedy Central. Will it, you use Mbele? We, can you use the Mbele people? They need work, and they're yeah. very good warriors. That's what we're getting. We're going to get some Mbele warriors. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be highly trained. I just want to make a yacht that. Uh, that can go around and fight pirates. That's Ooh. kind of my goal. That's where I'm at. Did you ever get booked? Did you ever get do the booked in that uh, that that little Djibouti? Um, no, I've in always between wanted to do Somalia that. and Ethiopia. I've wanted to do Djibouti. I've only done um, <laughs> Kazakhstan. I'm sorry, no, Kyrgyzstan, oh. not Kazakhstan. Kyrgyzstan. Can I get those two mixed They're up? So Who doesn't? <laughs> um, Kyrgyzstan, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, and uh, Kuwait are the ones I've done. I'd love to. I'd love. I mean, I've heard about. Um, yeah, all the other uh, Dubai and Djibouti and all that stuff. I right, right. Oman or what? I don't know. I went to Oman. I went to uh, Djibouti and Oman and Kuwait and Saudi Arabia. Nice. This last time, and uh, not a word to be found. Still tense. Still a lot of tension going on. Mostly because I was traveling with people that were heckling the Muslims. Good. And you're smart like, play. Right. Smart play. Hey, locked up abroad. That's what I'm going to call you. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> so my friend locked up abroad, the ugly American. Oh, That's I love awesome. that show. <laughs> Do you? I've it's, never seen. Oh, it's she a, had watched it. It's an amazing show. It's an well, amazing. Well, show. that's. I bet it's an amazing show, but. It's, it's about re- being it's, locked it, up it is, a, it is not a reality show, because most reality shows are bullshit. It's real. Oh, it's really? It's interviewing someone that's like, and all. so many of the stories are like, I was 22, and someone asked me to carry this package from Thailand, and you're just like, <sighs> oh, you dumb little kid. Wow. And then, I, and then I had to fight my way out of a prison and a yeah. tiger thing, but then some of them are even more horrifying. Like, my wife and I were on a safari, and a rebel army broke through the... And it, oh, those are just. Those are, are they always post like after people get out? Like I mean, nobody's going into the. Yeah, they're all out. They're all. They're all well, and then no, reenacted actually, no, that's or. Not true. Um, well, the, yes, they're, they're interviews with the actual person, and then they do really good reenactments. Okay. They're, they're very well produced. Okay. Um, there has been a couple 
where there was one where they kept talking to this woman like they do all the all the time and then the end of the show they reveal oh she's still locked up in this Oh, really? In prison or whatever. Wow. And Did you like, hear about those two guys who were hiking, hiking mm-hmm. in Iran or Iraq and then bleeded over into Iran? Now, Weird. It seems... The Culinary that- Institute of America hires a lot of hikers. <laughs> what? CIA. Oh, CIA. Culinary CIA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why wouldn't I? It's uh, It seems like a really... Yeah, I've been watching more, um, like, spook stuff about governments and how we're all just being led to the slaughter. And it's uh, it's really cheerful stuff. It's it's a, really, it's a, you know, the collapse of society is an upbeat subject that we should all enjoy and tell let's our go children. deep into the dork forest and say to ourselves, what is really happening? Well... The fabric of society is unraveling. It's Let's unraveling. talk about that. And who doesn't love fabric? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> turns out Graham Elwood, textile dork. This shit. <laughs> yeah, but textile dork. I'll take that. you to some textile mills, Jackie. That'll blow your mind. <laughs> what I like, uh, I, uh, um, I have to say that that we're going to get to like minute 50 and you're going to be like, as a matter of fact, what I really like to do is uh, make homemade shower curtains or whatever the fuck. I mean, it's going to be like a, some huge reveal at the end of this where you're like, wait, what happened? What wait, happened? When did you? <laughs> when did, when did we learn that you throw pots? You're- uh, <laughs> I wish you did throw pots. <laughs> you throw pots. Had a bee dork on. Oh, uh, really? Had, had my bee? first bee dork on. Nice. Learned about bees. A lot of things were happening with the bees. I was a little overwhelmed, quite honestly. Well, they're all. That's another thing. It's unraveling. I like. I like a nice. I'm. I like a nice light dork forest now that I've that I've been overwhelmed I be with the bees. With you, I could do fifteen of these shows because I have so many little subsect. Of, yeah. of dorkness in me. I'm an environmentalist dork. I'm uh, really um, surf. Right, I'm, the surfing and the skateboarding. Right. Well, I don't or, skateboard, but I, I definitely surf, and I and in the I, water with the thing attached to the ankle. That thing. That's with the board. board. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a, called a surfboard. It's a very crazy. It's a crazy world. It bonks you in the head sometimes it if you're does, unlucky. It does bonk you in the head, Marsha Brady? <laughs> um, it, it does so many things. Zinkies. Uh, <laughs> And other Scooby-Doo type <laughs> other terminology. Scooby-Doo. Uh, I've become kind of a UFC dork. Oh, um, I, there was a there was a mixed martial artist lady who wants to come on. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Got to bring her on. All right. Does All she right. fight? She actually fights, or she just uh, a, is a fan? Uh, she might just be a fan. I haven't haven't had enough time to really get into it with her, but um, yeah. I can tell you this: Joe Rogan is a MMA savant. Oh, really? He is a guy. I said to him once, I was like, I remember I saw this. UFC early on in the 90s and this one guy did this move and this other guy and he goes oh that was UFC 7 with blah blah bang and bing blah bang and I was like are you kidding me he goes I'm just a savant about it I was like it's just one of the things that he cared enough to memorize and uh, you know what went out Constitution. Uh, no, he's a he's a, I'm Joe Rogan, good egg, and a perfectly nice man. I don't know what I, he, you know, he couldn't pick me out of a lineup. I don't know why I have to be nice to him. Anyway, you know what? He could pick me out of a lineup. He'd be like, she looks vaguely familiar. I think she did it. That's why how, do you think he doesn't enjoy the Constitution? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, just randomly taking swipes at people. Taking swipes at people about their... Joe Rogan, not a fan of bees. So, uh, <laughs> doesn't know anything about fonts. I asked him. I said to myself, what do you know about Trebuchet? He's like, I prefer Comic Sans Serif. And, uh, no, he didn't. Nobody likes I'm a little. Comics. I'm also a 70s cop show uh, dork. A little Magnum P.I. guy? 
Uh, it's more 80s, but... Um, is that 80s? Yeah. Okay, that, so Rockford Files. Maybe. Rockford Files is in the 70s. That's a PI show, but I would definitely put that under the cop show umbrella. Sure, sure. Um, What's a cop show from the Barney Miller? Barney <laughs> the Miller 70s is the 70s show. and partial 80s. I'll give you a little Magnum PI trivia. Okay. Uh, Hawaii Five-0, which prior to NYPD Blue was the longest running cop show from 68 to 80. Okay. CBS. 68 to 80, yeah. Hawaii Five-0. Hawaii Five-0. Um... It has since been eclipsed uh, by NYPD Blue. Okay. But it went off the air very next week in the same time slot on CBS, Magnum P.I. Because they wanted to use the sets, I heard. Yeah, it was just like they got to keep they got to keep this Hawaii thing going. Right, like, right. And they referenced the uh, they called it the five zero for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I just read this. I don't know where I. It was like here's some Magnum PI uh, information that you don't care about. And I never watched Magnum PI as a kid. I don't know what I was watching. It but was a, it, Magnum PI is a decent show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Hawaii five zero though for me it was like that was the show I was allowed to stay up late. On oh, and Thursday watch? nights, yeah, because my bedtime was like eight thirty, sure, and its time slot for a while there was from eight to nine, so I got an extra half hour. My okay. whole family would watch a Y five O. Okay, it's the original is the greatest show ever. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, I bet you it's on um, Netflix. Yeah, yeah, get the full seasons. I have the Hawaii Five O Home Companion, which had, does an episode breakdown. Oh, really? I have the Hawaii Five O uh, Drinking Game, which was <laughs> What's um, it's so great. Like I'm sure it's online somewhere. Yes, I got. Did this- you get it at the time, um, or did you get it afterwards as like a gag gift? Or I got it. I got it in the 90s when I first moved to L.A. And this is before like everything was on the internet, and so I had to like. Find, find it, it. print it, and it was like, you know what I mean? Like, it's Xerox right, right. copies mailed to me or something insane okay. like that. And it was so hilarious. It's like, anytime something, anytime somebody, uh, McGarrett picks up a phone and asks to be patched through. Okay. You just pick up any phone anywhere and just go, patch me through. And they obviously, oh, sure, whatever okay. you want. Right. Uh, anytime a woman had a moo-moo, anytime they <laughs> followed a guy... Like less than ten feet away, with and with a newspaper over their head, and nobody noticed. Nobody them noticed them. <laughs> Anytime McGarrett had a chalkboard or an easel or a map to. Okay, why crime. don't you just say every time there was a screen change? Oh, there was. <laughs> so why don't you start drinking? Oh, it was hilarious. The- it was anytime there was a um, somebody. A young actor before they got famous, mm-hmm. and then anytime like a big famous star from the fifties and sixties that was on their way down. Okay, okay, uh, so double, both double ways. shots was Shatner. Okay, um, there's wow. several Shatner. Ep- it was, it was I, like- I have a drinking game here in the Dork Forest. It's whenever anybody brings up a band that I should know, and I have no idea who they are. I don't know if you're familiar with Fountains of Wayne. Uh, I'm like <laughs> Fountains of what? <laughs> I'm the worst at music. Like music, I am so not a dork. I yeah. don't like. I like music. It sounds nice. It's great. Yeah, isn't it nice? It's so, <laughs> so uh, what? So what are the other cop cop shows from the seventies? Well, here's the thing you got to understand with cop shows from the seventies is it was the first time in the fifties and sixties um, cop shows were very uh, dragnet. Yeah, dragnet. Cops were right. Bad oh. guys were wrong. Mm-hmm, they were mm-hmm. very standard. Um, and then, you know, because of Watergate and the Vietnam War and all and that the stuff. Disillusionment. I blame it all on Nixon. Nixon brought mm-hmm. us down. Mm-hmm. Um, the disillusionment then, cop shows finally got to, like, cops were always portrayed prior to the 70s as perfect. Right. Not human. In the 70s, there was a, there was a great anthology show called Police Story. And, uh, actually, Police Woman came out of there and a yeah. lot of other great shows came out of there. And Police Story would show cops divorced. 
drinking problems, <gasps> fat fighting corruption. Right, right. You know, like, within the police department. Within the police department. It's what, inter- in my opinion, uh, this is what internal affairs uh, probably first made it into the uh, into the lexicon of, yes. uh, of television. Exactly. We didn't know about really internal affairs then. We didn't know about bad cops. You know, society was watching cops on TV, night-sticking people and stuff like that. That's what was happening in the late 60s and right. 70s. So it, it, right. And also... Public opinion was was very divided, you know, like the cops were the establishment. Then you had shows like The Mod Squad, mm-hmm. which they were all young hippie kids that didn't carry guns. The, the Mod, Mod Squad. Squad did not carry guns, and they were a special division. That didn't get uh, to carry guns. They were, and they were supposed what, to... What, are they British? Infiltrate... Yeah. Hello. You're going into the clink, I am. Um, and that show was really cool, and... Were, were they were they cops or were they, they were, spies? They, they or? were police officers, and they were trying to that that whole show. They were like the Jump Street undercover guys, kind of like Jump Street, but they were trying to like new way hippie diffuse it. Like, oh, they hey were, man, you don't have to do that. Like, put man. the put the drugs down. Okay, or, okay. And they were battling within the department the old cops who were like nightstick to long hairs, you know. <laughs> so um, it was it was it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and yeah, I I. I Grew up watching all those shows, and then you had, uh, and then there's the two types of PIs that came out of there. One is the Rockford, the always short stick, down on his luck, you know, can't catch a break. Or the, like, Dan Tana from Vegas, who were like, oh, slick, smooth. everything. Mannix, Mannix was super smooth. Uh, my grandmother watched Mannix because he's Armenian. He's great. He was he great? He was Mannix was awesome. Here's why Mannix is awesome. Yes. First of all, every episode he'd be like, Well, I'm not a cop. Um, <laughs> is he a cop? No, not a cop. Private eye. But they'll be like, uh-huh. you, well, hey, Detective Mannix would be like, excuse me, I'm not a cop. I'm a private <laughs> really? investigator. So that had to be made clear almost every episode. Wow. Um in fact there was a great thing when it was on TV Land like 10 years or so ago where they go watch Mannix where he's not a cop and then they do a montage of him going I'm not a cop excuse me ma'am not a cop ma'am not a cop I'm a detective not a cop like there's a thousand of those but Peggy his secretary yes was a black woman and they so clearly had a thing going on but couldn't really put it on TV Ah, so what year was Mannix? It Mannix was like in the seventies, mid seventies. Mannix was like seventy three to, to seventy six, seventy seven, seventy eight, yeah. somewhere in there. And uh, oh yeah, it was great. Peggy was always worried about him. She called him Joe. Oh, Joe Mannix. Joe, you know. Joe, you all right? Joe, don't get hurt. I'll okay. be all right, Peggy. I'm not a cop. <laughs> <you know? laughs> not a cop. So I'm, why would anybody shoot me? Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Maddox wow. was Maddox was awesome. Yeah, there was a lot of talk of uh, when I was a kid about who the Armenians were on television. Now they're all they're all mobsters. Not a- so now everybody's <laughs> yeah. there's lots and lots Just of Armenians. Now. Watch the Shield, and-, <laughs> and you will see many of my people. And then you can watch uh, the Kardashians, and you can see what happens when we are given too much money, which is obviously why the Lord has chosen not to give me too much money. And, uh, <laughs> you will become a too vapid shiny. dummy, right, with a uh, prosthetic ass. With a prosthetic uh, ass. And an eight million dollar ring. That eight million dollar. Hey, do you want to see the ring? I do have. Cost me a buck. It was obviously made by a toddler in China. Oh, it's oh. not a blood diamond. It's it. It, <laughs> it might be a blood diamond because it was made by the. It's tiny beadwork that I got at the Heritage Museum. Oh, nice. oh wait, the Huntington Library. Neither one matters. Good story. Gonna tell Neither it again. <laughs> Gonna tell it again. Nobody's ever been. Anyway, <laughs> so did you watch the cop movies like the Clint Eastwood? Love Clint Dirty Eastwood movies. Harry? The Dirty Harry movies were amazing. Um, because, well, you know, one of them, uh, the first one, Dirty Harry, 
was uh, if you watch the movie Zodiac. Now, this is where my the new movie Zodiac. Yeah, this okay, is where Jake, my film don't... nerdery and cop nerdery dun, dun. Con- converge. All right. Um, uh, the movie Zodiac talks about uh, the Zodiac killer. They could they never found him. Right. Dirty Harry basically solved the. I mean, Dirty Harry killed. Oh, that was the. And the, the, the evil was, guy in in, Zod- in Dirty Harry is called the Scorpion, Scorpio. Oh, and he uses astrological signs in ah, the movie. And okay, he's a, he's a sicko. Right, and right. Dirty Harry uh, kills him. Right, and is not a sicko. Completely sane. Dirty totally Harry. Sane. That's what the great Just thing about taking <laughs> care of business the way it needs to be done, Jackie. <laughs> right. I don't think you understand that Judge J- Judge. Uh, what is it? Uh, Judge, jury, and executioner. executioner. That's what I'm looking for. That's Judge, jury, and executioner. And tight slacks. That's what and, I want. <laughs> oh my! God. He was a very handsome gentleman. Uh, he was I have awesome. to say, he was he was a super fox that that Clint Eastwood. I remember, and I was, had to be about seven or eight years old, going, "Yeah, I'd, I'd tap that." <laughs> no, no, I never said that. How hilarious would that have been? I, I invented that term in I 1981. The, in 1977, 1980, I, I invented the term of tapping. tapping and uh, as a seven-year-old, I said I wanted to tap that ass. Referring and, to Clint Eastwood ads. And then here. later, I invented Magic the Gathering, and I said, I also want to tap that mana. If we could somehow tap that mana, and then tap that ass, that'd be fantastic. Tap that mana ass. It was man ass. <laughs> tap that man ass. Jackie Keisha on her tap that man ass tour coming through America. So. Exactly. Who has any forest mana? I need some forest mana. Dork forest mana. Anyway, in other news, like I like Serpico got too dark for me, though. I have to say that. Serpico based on a true story. Right. And Serpico, again, was the cinematic version of this is what cops are really this is what is going on it's based on a true story and the new york police department he had the the serpico had to deal with all this corruption he tried to be straight and arrow and everything he had to endure in the 70s right because you know you had social unrest you had old uh, the old establishment yeah, you had like pre-Miranda cops, and you had post-Miranda mm-hmm. cops still in the force, right? And they had to, and that was big time in the. And 70s. then you had people abusing the whole Miranda. Then you had people like lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, and it's oh, like, yeah. I'm sorry, you know, like you killed that person, you shot them in the face. Well, you got the gun illegally, so I'm off the hook. And I ate a Twinkie. Yeah, and then no exactly. One, right, and then no one could use the insanity plea until um, the woman who killed her five kids. Mm-hmm. When uh, finally the judge was like, "We're going to allow the insanity." Yeah, you're (laughs) out of your gourd. You're out of your tiny lizard mind, lady, and we're going to let you be out of your mind in a padded room. Serpico um, is amazing. Also, Dog Day Afternoon is loosely based on some true stuff. So it's like those were showing... uh, Again, that's also New York in the 70s specifically. It was a right powder keg, you know, so right. it, that that whole thing and and the Dirty Harry movies, you know, was 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 obviously more just action entertainment. Did they ever do any sort of I mean, was Dirty Harry was he was in San Francisco? San Francisco, yeah. Were the cuz I'm reading these um Streets of San Francisco, another great cop show. And that was in the 70s, right? Yes. Streets of San Francisco? Yeah, I that's with Carl that. Malden and a very young Carl's Michael Malden. Douglas. And Michael Douglas. Great show. Okay. Great All theme right. song. That was back when TV shows had amazing theme songs. Yeah. 
Did they? Yo, Manix. Awesome. Streets right. of San Francisco is is amazing. It's a right. great... I mean, I know I would recognize them if I heard them just because they're so definitive at the time. And now I, I can't... Name, name the you can't sing the theme song to, of anything of right now. Anything. The last the last one I can do is Quincy. Quincy is a doctor. No, he's not a doctor. I mean that's and I only know that because somebody wrote a joke about it. <laughs> so because Matt Fugate wrote a joke about it uh, with a guy named Michael Dane. Fugues and uh, the fugues. The fugues. Uh, <laughs> Fugatone. No, Fugate. That's what I used to call him. Used to call him Fugate because it's Fugate, right? Long A. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) word dork. Exactly. So when you were a kid, it was a lot. Was there? Because I remember when we were kids, you could watch. 10, 12 hours of television in a, a day, and nobody gave a damn. Nobody gave a shit. Everybody was on board, you um, know? It was this new electronic babysitter showed up at the house, and mom and dad were getting divorced because it was the 70s. Right, <laughs> and right, and they were just allowed to. They were just allowed to. Um, in mass. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to me, and also my parents let me, they took me to like R-rated movies and stuff when I was maybe too young, um, but like I What watched- would you say too young? 10? Yeah, I was okay. like when I was I eight, think nine, I was ten 12 years old. Or, oh, I, was, I was going to. I think I was twelve. I saw my first, and it was. Uh, oh, it was dumb. I remember not liking it because the movie was dumb, and I was like, "But what did you like?" <laughs> I mean, I didn't like film, and I. I mean, that's sort of where my film nerdery started. Was. You know, they took me to really good movies, you know, like I... Oh, like adult movies that they wanted to uh-huh. see? They were like, well, we're going to see this. You need to Congratu- see Apocalypse Now, right. young man, you know, like... The Deer Hunter and you need to meet each other. You need other. to understand what this is about as a seven-year-old or whatever. <laughs> How is Taxi Driver affecting you now? And- <laughs> Apply this to preschool. What happens in Taxi Driver? Um, Godfather 2, now. now- <laughs> that would have been the in worst. In crayons, write to me what you think about Godfather the original. What? I, I'll tell you, my parents did take me to Planet of the Apes. Uh, too Amazing soon. movie. Amazing movie. Nightmares for months. Nightmares forever. I think still. A little bit. A little bit still. I still have a little bit of The Statue of Liberty always makes me cry. Every time I am in New York, I'm always like, God damn it, all the hell, you finally done it. <laughs> you did it. You uh, did it, you bastards. Bastards. Um, so that, to me, like, and this conversion of, and everything was sort of happening at once. On TV, like I was talking about with the cop shows, the movie studio, if you read, there's an excellent book called Easy Riders Raging Bulls. Okay. Which is about how, uh, in the seventies, the studio system had collapsed, was, or was collapsing, and, you know, that's how movies, the, the, the whole generation started with Easy Rider being made. It was an independent, and it oh, right, was, right. was, the studio said no way to no all way, of this man. stuff. And all those movies that we're talking about, Taxi Driver, Apocalypse Now, Godfather, those were all made like outside of the studio system. And it was like chaos to a certain extent, but also great movies were being made. Right. And it was between... In the studio system, and then the 80s, the corporations took over the studios. So the 70s was this sort of golden decade of amazing movies being made. Just slip through the cracks kind of stuff. Make a great movie. And back then, in the 70s, um, and this is all in Easy Writers Raging Bulls. It's a phenomenal book. It was turned out to be by fellow film nerd writer Alan Havey. Okay. Um, What back then, unlike now... You know, now you got to have a big opening weekend. If you have a bad opening weekend, you're done. Distribution-wise. Done. They're going to pull you. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be in the theaters very long. Or it's going to be called a failure and they won't, won't let you make another one. Now, back then in the 70s, they'd roll a movie out. 
They premiered in L.A. and New York and see how it did. And they start taking it across the country and the press would get behind it and buzz would be built about it. Okay. And so it would ha- a movie would roll out over two months. Okay. And wow. In, oh, yeah. And in that time period, like if it took up, that happened with Star Wars. That makes perfect sense because now it's seven weeks later and everybody can get a DVD. It's gone. It's, it's, uh, you can buy unless, the DVD. Unless it was like a huge, enormous blockbuster. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. You know, because if in, it isn't Iron Man. If it's, yeah, if it's Iron Man or something like that, I mean, that's like, um, Harry Potter, I'm sure, is still in the theaters and all yes. that stuff. But I mean, you're talking about, you know, it's it, it it's gotta if it has a big weekend it lasts right but so even, but so even, so it could be it could be smaller and it could be and there was you know they didn't release them in four thousand five thousand theaters all at once they released them in a hundred okay and roll it across the country interesting and 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 so that was another thing that build the groundswell for all these movies like right and the hype around them and and also. You know, these amazing writers and filmmakers and actors were all converging during this time of sort of the inmates running the asylum. Right. You know? And, <laughs> yeah, where and they got to actually do the, the thing they wanted to do. Now they all blew it by doing blow and right, orgies. Right, and, and climbed on top of each other and yeah. made human pyramids. But yeah, yeah, with yeah. a gun. With a, uh, <laughs> right, just free weapons in Aspen yeah. How, yeah, exactly. for the weekend. How any of them, you know, they killed people and buried bodies. and Right, and lost their minds. Lost their minds, and then the corporations came over and bought them. I know. But that, to you know... But we're kind of in that now, don't you think, because of... of, of of cameras and and video and the all technology. This? Now we're in a we are in a a brave a, new world. We of... are in a brave. As we sit here and podcast, two people who, who podcasting. You talk about like when we both first started podcasting. When I did comics and combat, it was at a place called Now Live, which was basically a radio studio, and you'd go there and they tried to do a network and all this stuff. Oh, right, right. And then you think about the most successful podcast right now. You know, Mark Marin is doing it out of his garage, and yeah, and, and it's uh, it's it's this sort of brave new world, and and. And people are doing these Kickstarter plans to like, I need seven grand, and everybody's like, well, here's twenty bucks, yeah. and and then everybody pitches in, and it's seven grand later, and you, you can it. buy whatever you need. I mean, I my documentary Afghanistan, we tried to do get traditional distribution, couldn't get it, so we now sell it as a pay what you think is fair download. Okay, because you can do downloads right from. How do you do that? Like, is it your web designer is able it's, to? Yeah, it's we've been doing short films for a while. The, the, you can just film and you could it's da- like downloading an mp3 or it's like downloading a sh- well it's like downloading from itunes like you can download a feature film from itunes right for a buck and a half or two bucks or whatever right feature films are between 10 and oh okay nine and 12 bucks okay short films are a, a dollar to two dollars some are three right um so we started you know when we launched the site three years ago we started having short films because that was easier to do but we couldn't oh because get, because of um space bandwidth or bandwidth is the, is the issue okay so there's only a handful of websites outside of iTunes and a couple other big ones that you can do what we're doing. And it took Chris and I a long time to get it because also integrating the bandwidth with the shopping cart and getting the download and making sure the download is correct and all this stuff, it took us a long time. Well, because technologically, that's so weird just because you're trying to figure out how to – like it. It's not just a right click and then you have a, a, a .mov, right? Mm-mm. You have to get a what, what goes with us. Like if you were to go to Comedy Film Nerds right now and right. get Afghanistan, and everyone really should right now get out your credit cards, <laughs> stop talking. Right, it's like twelve bucks, right? Quick what, fifteen. Around. It's whatever. Oh, you it's want. Pay, pay what you pay what you think is fair. Pay what you think is fair. There which you go. I I learned. Um, 
from one of our writers, Susie Nakamura. That's what several documentaries have done is a okay. pay what you think is fair model. Which again, all of this stuff is brand new technology that you right. can capture money online, that you can do it. And so what happens? So if you go, you pay for whatever you think is fair. Right. Um, and then we email you a link okay. to a download right. site and then you download the film and then you own it. It's on your laptop. You can put it on your iPad, your iPhone, if you have the space, whatever. You can burn it to a DVD if you have that kind sure. of technology. If you have that or... kind of technology, you can yeah. absolutely do that. Okay. And so, um, that, is ch- everything as you as 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 you as a podcaster and a comic are seeing you go on the road now and you're starting to have loyal followers like we did some shows and there was a fan in the audience with the dork forest shirt. t-shirt on yeah, yeah. who came yeah. to see Doug and I perform I think in Boston oh wow and they're because they're they're podcast, they're podcast fans. And yeah. there was an article that like less than 5% of the population even knows what a podcast is. <laughs> right. And, and so we know all 5,000 of those. We, uh, <laughs> we know exactly. So like, I mean, some comic is like, oh man, everyone's got a podcast. And I'm like, no. And no. it's a good thing. The yeah. More people to do because most people, we, Chris and I were just at the Albuquerque Film Festival. Right. Last weekend. Last weekend. Interviewing filmmakers and actors. And to the the two months of phone calls with people from the festival, some of the people I had to specifically talk to, just half of the phone calls were explaining to them what a podcast was. You know, that's what the uh, there was a podcast panel at Montreal this year. Mm-hmm. It was called the Podfathers. It's a pun, anyway. But it was uh, you know it was Proops and Hardwick. It was Greg Proops, Chris Hardwick, Paul F. Tompkins, and all of those guys. Their podcasts are less than a year. But they're great podcasts because, mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't watch those guys read the telephone book? Mm-hmm. They're entertaining gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And then it was the Kevin Smith's buddy, Scott, mm-hmm. who has a last name and a life to lead all of his own that I don't know. <laughs> and then, uh, and Marin. Scotty. And, uh, and so, but they were talking about exactly that is the fact that, you know, how the industry was covering around Mark Marin trying to figure out how to make money on podcasting. And he was like, you can't. Uh, I am, barely. And what you get to do is make money on the thing that you're good at making money at. Just figure out how to use this. Use me, you know? In the thing that, why don't you just book me in that now that you know I have a big fan base? You know, everyone's like, oh, podcasting isn't making money directly unless you're like Adam Carolla getting real ad money. But right, here's, right. The, here's where, as us but as it, comics... Like, Mark Marin is selling out comedy clubs because of his podcast. Right. So his podcast is making him money. Right. You know, and it's making him money. And he's making the money because he wanted to do it. Yeah. And that's the only reason to do a podcast is if, and for the love of God. More, to me, why there's more podcast comics coming that are out of L.A. than New York is because we have to eat more shit in this town. <laughs> you know, New York, if you're a performer, you're actually appreciated. People come out to live shows. Yeah, there's you, a lot more regular people coming to shows than yeah, there are in L.A. You know what it's like to try to get people to come to a show in L.A.? It's fucking a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Though There's a lot more great shows in L.A. now than there have been. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, last night I did a show over in Eagle Rock or Echo Park or some darn hipster, you know, we're the bearded youth linger and or mingle. <laughs> and uh, so it was at it was at a restaurant called The Park. The bearded youth. The bearded youth movement. Huh? Who doesn't want to be part of the bearded youth movement? You know, my favorite thing, 37 year old guy with a beard uh, trying to be part of the bearded youth movement. And I'm like. <laughs> Guess who's in a bit of a snit, Cation? Anyway, <laughs> jackass alert. <laughs> so, I like it. Keep, you go, girl. You go. Uh, wait a minute. And uh, so, yeah, but what I like about, I mean, because we, we could dork out about podcasting and about, about comedy and all kinds of stuff, because I like 
the only podcast I really listen to. I mean, I listen to many podcasts in passing. You know, comedy film nerds, I'll listen to an episode here and there. Uh, WTF, never not funny, 20 minutes here and there. But I don't really, I don't listen to a lot of radio, so it's not really my thing. The only one that I've listened to probably 30 or 40 of, maybe 50, uh, would be the Tolkien Professor, which is uh, a Lord of the Rings-based podcast with the Professor of the Lord of the Rings. You really should run a podcast called The Dork Forest. I might want uh, to run a podcast called The Dork Forest. Um, yeah. Now, did you read when you were a kid? I mean, did you do any much reading, or was it all TV all no, the time? No, I did a lot of reading. You know, I, I um, and as I got older, I actually got into, I, I read more. I, I was fortunate that my parents put me in public schools that actually were pretty good. Yeah. Um, Back in the seventies, though, they were pretty good. Good English programs in the seventies, music programs, and mm -hmm. and there were all kinds of things happening. I mean, in high school, I read, you know, Lord of the Flies. I read Slaughterhouse Five. I I mean, I read, I read a bunch of amazing the classics that, yeah, that that were they were assigned or well, yeah, they were absolutely assigned. Yeah, and and even though they were assigned, I was like, man, these books are great, and really got into that. Um, So, like. Getting to the whole technology thing, what we're talking about, why this is sort of a new era, is because now we can make something and we don't have to pitch it to somebody. Yeah. We can give it right to the fans. Like, Yeah, just put it up on YouTube. And, and-, and I think that's why the fans are, are, are so loyal when they come out to see you perform live, because they know what we're talking about today is us. There's no filter. Yeah. There's no station manager. There's no FCC. There's no advertisers going, whoa, whoa, whoa you can't say that. I'm right. say whatever I want. And like right. Mark Marin said it, he up at, I think it was in Montreal, and he made fun of Doug Herzog, who passed on him at Comedy Central. And some people in the audience went, whoa, because there's a lot of industry shitheads there. Yeah. And he goes, what are you going to do? Fire me from my garage? <laughs> you know? Exactly. The yeah. suits that have controlled this town, their day is numbered. And right. fuck them fuck them and their and, families and, and everything you know it's i mean the, the thing about about the industry that drove me nuts up there is because they're scrambling because they're trying to figure out how to get control again and sorry fuckheads. Uh, right six years from now maybe you will have figured out how to put the genie back in the bottle and 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 six years from now maybe i'll give you a job uh to uh work for us for minimum wage at comedy film nerds fucking global headquarters you cocksuckers global. <laughs> global. <laughs> i'm building an just to put all those ass bags out of work. <laughs> I was. I'm going to buy Comedy Central and we're going to call it Graham TV, and it's just going to show clips of me in high school football. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. How cute was I? How cute huh? was look I? That, look, look at that. that. Look at that. I, that ass. I know we lost the game, but I scored. I, I scored. See that catch? You see that catch? That's pretty good. I got hit right there. My knee still hurts. We didn't have the anyway. same. We didn't have the fitness regimen you do now, and I still did it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I spent the entire week in Montreal, which is this big douchebag fest of of industry, and there's nothing. There's they just they have to justify that they were allowed to come. They have to justify their jobs. That's the yeah. majority of what these suits have to do is justify their jobs, right? And so I spent my time doing the same thing that I had a problem with when I tried to date, uh, which was I would always talk to guys like they were people and instead of like they were men. Like, right. uh, like if I talked, there was not any flirting. There wasn't any, I would just say, hmm, what do you like to read? And, uh, and so what I would end up doing is I would end up talking to like IFC guy or, or, you know, all the different industry dorks. Um, and I'd be like, yeah, so what do you like to, 
do you read anything fun? And all of a sudden, uh, they're like, I, I got to go over here and make sure that my existence is needed. And I'm like, really? I, I just, where's, where's my sitcom of Jackie Cation, TSA agent? Where's that? Huh? Airport <laughs> cop, Jackie Cation? I'm thinking of doing a video blog of me just sitting at the bar with a fake beer. And we're going. calling it Strip Search. That's the name of the show. We're calling it Strip Search. <laughs> Because your roommate, she's a stripper, and you're a TSA agent, and it's a wacky... I could get a meeting at NBC with that right now. And they would say, but is there any way that Kevin James could be it? And you're like, yes, yes, there is. Is there a way that you could hand me a bag of money to use as a doorstop? Would... If someone were to offer me some sort of sitcom or something right now, I would absolutely take it. Sure. I would absolutely take it. But I'm beginning to feel like I'm not pursuing it. I'm pursuing... Like comedy film nerds, we, you know, Chris just sold the screenplay. And oh, did he? Because yeah. he took that call right here during uh-huh. a taping of The Dork Forest. Go back in time, two or three episodes, and, people. You know, got another deal that just happened, and we're making our own stuff. That's what, that's the whole, well, the whole reason we started is to make our own stuff. Just work with our friends like you. Right. That's all we want to do. And it's happening. People that you know are funny. That I know are funny because I'm so tired of like suits saying to me these these idiots in LA would say stuff like well uh sometimes they'd say like we don't know what to do with you Graham I'm like yeah I'm funny with a mass appeal no one's ever made money <laughs> off of that look at Vince Vaughn he's still fucking hustling blowjobs at the Greyhound station he's having such a tough time yeah you know and, and yeah. or they'd say shit like well that would never play in the middle of the country yes it will as a matter of fact it does because I'm gonna go to Peoria in 12 days yeah I'm gonna and I'll, I'll just I just destroyed in Des Moines Omaha Oklahoma City Peoria Grand Rapids and Bloomington Indiana while you That's were not true true middle true middle is what we're looking for i'm yeah. sorry if you could somehow figure out a way to get to northern louisiana right now exactly <laughs> so they say that shit and you just and now we've all been doing this long enough and with the empowerment of podcasting and technology in general it's like no i they would say that shit to me in the past and i'd be like well or no how can i change maybe, what can i, I do? change you and it's like now i'm just like no you don't know what you're talking about like right. if you want to make money with me you can because right. look at like, you look at you and I, we're on the road, uh, you know, 50% of the time we're headlining, the rest of the time we're opening up. You're opening right. up for Maria, I'm opening up for Doug Benson. And we right. sell our CDs and our stuff after shows. And I just want to, I want to crunch these numbers to these people and go, look how much I've done on my own. No TV show behind me. No, no giant high powered no, douchebag to, no. to make someone care. No Brillstein gray. Right. You know, I can't, it's, uh, if my I, manager hasn't talked to me in two years, uh, I don't still have one. Right. Right. Neither do I, you know, uh, it uh, turns out not really. not really. She didn't even come and see my show in Montreal. <laughs> oh, God bless her. She's doing great work. I love her. Uh, she's a lovely, lovely woman. Anyway, on the way to being obsolete. Um, and that's the thing. Like, look, I, I look at like everything Chris and I have done at Comedy Film Nerds or you or anybody with a podcast. We built these up on yeah. our own, writing funny jokes on Twitter, going on the road. And yeah. you're just like, if I had someone with half a brain that had people a brought muscle. me chicken in yeah. Seattle, a lady brought me chicken. She was more interested in the sides. I was not as interested in the sides. She brought me a lot of sides. Thank you. But I was more interested in the chicken. Chicken was excellent. But as, cause she knew that I like chicken because of this podcast. <laughs> I had people bring me coconut water because I won't shut up about it on the other, on, on comedy film nerds. You know, I've had, I've been, all the times I've been on Never Not Funny, people come up to me and they have me sign their men's warehouse card because me and Proto one time went off on how great men's warehouse is. And I'm a big, well, I'm a big. You're both very dapper. We, <laughs> I'm you're a both big doing public some... transportation nerd. 
Okay. I'm a big Pokes fan. And, and I, we talked about it a lot on Never Not Funny. I had a guy come up, oh, sign my bus pass. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how awesome it is. And the yeah. reason they're... Repeat uh, after me. You are better than The Gap. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a line from Crazy Stupid Love. Anyway. Um. And a network executive or or these other people, they would have censored that shit out of those shows. Yeah. You can't talk about Men's Warehouse for 40 minutes. Right. Because the Men's Warehouse might one day advertise. Never are they going to advertise. Ever. Never, ever. They're never it's, going to. I wish they would. Happen. They got great slacks, really good ties, affordable stuff. <laughs> There's a little plug for Men's Warehouse. <laughs> Gentlemen, ladies, if you like to get out there, get something for your fellas. And the advertisers, I think, are going to start coming around to podcasting because they're going to realize that if they advertise on, let's say, this episode, if we had an advertiser, it's not going to just run once. Yeah. Like, people who find your show two years from now are going to possibly download this episode. Yeah, people are still downloading old, old episodes because yeah. they're like, well, I'm I'm bored now. Who did she talk to in 2006? Yes. <laughs> well, you go, I mean, honestly, uh, and I'm sure people come up to you after shows and they're like, I have a data entry job or I have a long commute. Yeah. I need so much content. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I, I, so many people come up to me like, I have this job where I sit there and I fucking plug numbers into a box or whatever. So I need eight hours of podcasting every, I need 40 hours a week, a of, week podcasting. of podcasting. Right. Right. I can only recommend uh, a thousand podcasts. There's a lot of great podcasts out there, which is, I mean, I like, I like the, the, like what you were saying. I mean, there's so many, I, how, I mean, I can name on two hands, comics that nobody's ever heard of. I mean, that's what I like about the Dork Forest is I can get comics because L.A. is full of, you know, every three or four months, I meet three new comics that are amazing. Yeah. I meet ten new comics, and three of them are amazing. And, and you want people to know about them. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you should be famous. That's the other like, thing about the technology now as opposed to – I was reading something about this. You know, like a hundred years ago, the way you got – you know, not famous or but just successful was you had to fuck someone over. I have to steal uh, your oil, take your land because it has oil on it or whatever. Now, if you look at the technology, Google makes money by helping you, giving right. you information. eBay helps you sell stuff. Facebook helps you meet people. Podcast, and it's the same thing with podcasting. Like your podcast and my podcast, they don't compete. It's no, not no. like we have the same time slot and we both need. No. Right, right. People? There's 7 billion people in the world. Right. It's the definition of that there's always enough. There's it's so much. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no need to freak out. If every podcast had 100,000 listeners, mm-hmm. do you know what 100,000 listeners can do financially for you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone said to me, get 5,000 people to pay you $20 once a year. And then... That's 100 grand. I don't give a shit about, like, the more I'm in this business, the more I see, like... Friends of mine like Zach Galifianakis and how famous he is, and I yeah. and I'm, I'm and he can't pee. He can't. He can't at the airport. Uh, he was telling some story about, uh, and I read it. I I haven't seen him in a couple of years, but uh, I read it in some interview with him. He was talking about how he went to the bathroom at the airport in North Carolina, and these two little boys followed him in, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm peeing, you guys," and he they can't. Could, they couldn't handle. I mean, he can't walk down the street. I don't want that. No. I want a hand I want a I want a, a number of really loyal fun fans yeah. that are cool. Well, the great thing about the Dork Forest fans and this is probably true about comedy film nerds because it's so specific is Every single one of the Dork Forest fans could be on the Dork Forest. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. The message boards and everything that we get from the film nerd fans. They, yeah. I, the, Our fans have recommended so many movies that I've never heard of. <laughs> never. That I'm just like, like Twilight Samurai. I just watched it. 
It's Wait, a, is it a, is it a great movie? It's an amazing movie. Twilight, Twilight Samurai. Samurai. I'm a little. I just started studying samurai sword, so I'm becoming a samurai dork. Excellent. I will become a full fledged samurai. All right. Samurai All means right. to serve. I will become a weapon of death so that I never have to use it. That's how we maintain peace, Jackie. That's how it is. That's a how it is. Sword. It's a victorious sword. I've said that myself. <laughs> hey, dick joke, everyone. Thanks for playing. Uh, <laughs> Second show's at 10, folks. Jackie Cation, tip your weight staff. They're working hard for you. <laughs> Check out, she's got some Dork Force t shirts out in the lobby. Check them out. Hey, are, where are you September like September 1st? We are September 9th at the Orpheum Theater in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and September 10th at the Rialto Theater in Tucson, where I went to college, the old Pueblo. The old Tucson, Arizona. And then Boulder, College. Colorado, September 20, and Colorado Springs, 20, September 21. And they can go to GrahamElwood.com and see you the schedule. You go to GrahamElwood.com, you get the schedule. Okay. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. I'll just go to GrahamElwood.com. You can get links to Comedy Film Nerds, Twitter, Facebook, the whole dance. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just threw up a napkin like you tossed in the towel. <laughs> She's just like, I'm out. I'm out. And we're I'm done. canceling my own show. I'm canceling. This is it. I just uh, I wanted to get the plugs in before I forgot to get the plugs oh, I'm sorry. In, Am I know? running up, chewing up your clock? Go ahead. Oh, no, no. We're only at 50 minutes, so I was just oh. like we got we have plenty of time. Ten plenty, more minutes. Ten more times. A yippity yip 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 yip. What other plugs we need to get in there, Jacqueline? Well, what is happening? It's a well. We got. I, I like that we got a book for people to read. We got your movie that people should buy. Afghanistan. That's it. That's on here. And then and then a shitload of seventies police. I forgot about Streets of San Francisco. I completely forgot about it. Police Barney story. Miller. If you can find it, is hard to find, but you should watch it. Uh, mm-hmm. Police woman is excellent with Angie Dickinson, who uh, insured her leg. My stepmother told me oh, when I was God a baby. She had good looking gams. She is a beautiful. It was like woman. a million bucks or something like that from Lloyd's of London. That show is uh, very groundbreaking. A police woman. Oh, because she was a lady cop. Lady cop, man, mm-hmm. taking care of business. Frail mm-hmm. and, and lovable. It's, but it's yet- no Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> <laughs> I just tweeted that that sounds like a morning radio team. Brazilian Isles on Z95. And the weasel's coming in later. It's going to be great. We're going to have porn stars for the first time. Ooh, hour. Flapjack Mikey's coming over from Flapjack 66 off the highway. Great stakes. <laughs> and there'll be a comic on. Uh, what's, what's the name of the comic? What's the name of the comic? Oh, it's a... Whatever it is, they're going to be here. It's going to be great. And, uh, uh, Cindy, tell us about the traffic. I don't mind. I, I don't actually mind morning radio, but it is a caricature of itself. You know, it's but, you know, there's plenty of morning radio stations I've done that are that are very cool and have helped promote shows that, that I don't want to bag on. Oh, radio's bullshit. But some of them, some of them are very cool, and some of them are ridiculous. You're just like you really know it's not 1987, right? It's not the morning <laughs> zoo's over. You know, right, right. And and people, but people like the morning. Zoo. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I did. You know, not as much as they used to. Right. And uh, I think it's always so interesting to me when I go into a morning radio thing and there's already 11 people in the room. Yeah. And you're like, you don't need me at yeah. seven o'clock. There's in the a morning. banjo player and Why? the strippers and the Why? guy from the auto parts place. And, <laughs> and somebody just delivered muffins and yeah. uh, all and the this minor league baseball player. Right. And, and, and you have this homeless guy who comes on and you think he's fun to make fun of and and uh, it's more just sad. They guy needs help. I think I needs help, but he thinks that he's part of the solution, and, and it's just like, because I was... Well, again, going on the road with Doug, his mo- his podcast is so popular, he's not having to do that much radio and press anymore. He's oh, maybe really? doing some phoners, but we don't have to, because he plugs it on his Twitter. He's got, you know, a quarter of a million people on Twitter, and he's got... Oh, so he doesn't even have to. 
No, and he oh. does his podcast. He, he plugs the shows on his podcast and his website. And, and it's done. It's and done. the rooms are full. Well, same with Maria to some extent. And the fact that um, I don't think she's as savvy because she doesn't have a podcast. But um, it's the rooms are always full. They're always full of people that want to come and see Maria Bamford. And they're a smart, introspective group. And they also enjoy like sitting through a setup. They loved it. They're like, what do you have to say? Yeah. It's, and, that's the other thing that's beautiful about the technology now is there's this renaissance for stand-up comedy. Yeah. You know, people it, are coming to see you. They, they, the, the art and craft of stand-up comedy as an art form is being embraced again. And it's, that is being driven by mainly, 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 mainly people <laughs> under 30 and the technology. Right. They found out about you. Because of some podcast or, or some Twitter, there's some Twitter thing, or they downloaded the your thing. CD, or they saw a clip of you online. Yeah, Pandora. Pandora's playing uh, my. Uh, there's yeah. a Jack, so, some guy was like, "I got a Jackie Cation station on Pandora." They're playing all of our CDs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, for people like, oh, I heard you on XM Radio and all this stuff, and it's awesome. And it's you know like the iPhone helped us. Yeah. Comedy and, yeah. and and artists so much, and the iPad is only taking it to the next level, right? Right, because there's video and there's there's so much stuff it and you can do with yeah. it. Yeah, and so you're you're getting these fans like when when I do these shows with Doug, and even when Chris and I have gone out and done some film nerd shows, like Chris and I did a film nerd show in Bellingham, Washington, and we didn't we didn't sell out, we didn't pack right. the place, but the people that were there were so down with us. Yes, like I, and I was like, I'd rather have. 75 people that are super fans, then 250 where I have to kind of win them over and some people don't yeah. give a shit. And there's a bachelorette party and there's guys in Dockers who don't give a fuck what I'm saying. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I would rather, I would rather have 75 like die when you come on stage, you're like, holy shit, those yeah. are the guys from the podcast. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And, and then afterwards, it's so, I love talking to those fans afterwards. Yeah, like, I, I just want to talk to them. I want to hang out with them yes. and I want to see them. Some, this woman I saw, I met in Oklahoma City, she drove up from Austin. No, it was San Antonio, so it wasn't that bad. So she drove up from Austin to come to the show with Marie and I. And she was like, I came because of the dark forest and you're great. And I, I see you're coming to Austin. And, and she sent me the longest email in the world going, I swear I'm trying not to be weird about this, but can I show <laughs> you around Austin? And I was like, are you going to show me a lime pit? What's going to happen because uh, that would be show me a chloroform rag <laughs> what are you going to show me a trunk she was so nice and i was like let's just why don't we start dating no why don't we just go to coffee or lunch or something it'll be f i would love to because she seemed fascinating say like we drove i just i always want to just, just hug, hug them. them i really want to yeah. just go especially like as we've talked about so much frustration we have to deal with with these idiots in show business with with, with the just, regular people who you think have all the toys yeah and don't and they're just like the showbiz people, the you know the network executives and the agents who just fucking shit on you and and fuck you and you're not oh now you're famous oh now I want you oh your fame's gone away fuck you right. like all right. that shit like super fickle super super fickle I'm, and you're like wait uh, stop hitting me what just happened yeah it's like the most abusive relationship and then the fans were just like. I love everything that you do. Every and I did have one guy. I did uh, I did Seattle and um I did a live podcast, two live podcasts in Seattle where it was like 30 people came to each of them and then I did a uh, a stand-up show the next night and it was promoted and there was about 75 to 100 people there. Was that People's Republic of Comedy? Yeah, uh Oh man, no no, it was a it was an X-Men 
uh, reference. It was after People's Republic of Comedy. It was a it was a New Mutants of Comedy or something oh, nice. like that. It was like it was great. And uh, oh, Children of the Atom. That's what they called nice. themselves, Children of the Atom. And uh, so, but it was re- it was well organized and well run. They helped me do the whole thing, and they were. Every single one of those crowds, but the, okay, so when, when I did stand up the next night, it was funny because a lot of podcast people came to the, cause they had, it was weird who came to each of the different live podcasts. They were, they were fans of the guests that I brought. <laughs> they were psyched about me, but they were also psyched about Ed Brubaker. Sure. They yeah. were psyched about me, but they were also, they were specific people who were just psyched about Peter Bag. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then both of those groups, came to the live comedy show to see me do stand-up. And then, and one guy came up to me and said, you know, I didn't think you'd have anything new to say in your stand-up just because I listen to your podcast all the time. And I was like, well, I'm not doing my act. Yeah, baby, this is me talking. This is me just <laughs> chatting about, you know, what am I, what do I like? The <laughs> I act like, is a specific thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're jokes. <laughs> jokes about my life. Pre-written material. Pre-written material. And, uh, and I will, I'll work, the morning zoo, I will work a joke in. Of and course. I will, matter of fact, I will take the reins from you so that I can, for the love of Christ, work a joke in. <laughs> because sometimes they're just talking to me and you're talking to me and I'm like, no, no. For we're the gonna, love of Christ. I'm going to tell gonna you talk, a joke. Uh, we're talking about my snowboarding bit. That's <laughs> right. Happen right now. I know it's July and we're in Iowa where nobody snowboards, but guess what? Guess right what? Now, right gonna- now, I'm thinking about snowboarding. And uh, what I would like to tell you about is my new bit about this video game that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I will, I will go there and I will, I will shoehorn my a bit into a, into a morning radio thing just because, you know, you get three minutes to sadly, Austin, Texas, I, I believe you sit there for three and a half hours with those people. They, they have you there for the entire morning zoo, and there's 11 people there. And you're like, I like you. I don't dislike you. I'm The coffee never stops. That's awesome. But I can't possibly be... I got four I, hours of sleep because yeah. I did two shows last night. I Whatever it is. I, I flew and then did a show and then... And there's lying down now. There has yeah. to be some lying down. <laughs> there and, uh, the, the thing about you're talking about, too, another reason why... All this technology does is we all help each other. Yeah. Like, there somebody, isn't any of the evil. None. Because this person came to your show because you had this guest on. Yeah. And now they're your fans. Right. And your fans are now the fans of the guest that they had never heard of. Right. It's like that Eminem song. Yeah. That's right. Everything relates back to Eminem and Dr. Dre. Of course. And how... Uh, <laughs> Have you learned nothing on this show? Because <laughs> whenever I reference Eminem and Dr. Dre, you knew that I've heard seven songs. <laughs> and that is it. I believe he has hundreds. And uh, But there was some song that he sang about... It spoke to me. It resonated. And it was about, uh, it was about how all of Dr. Dre's fans that all the fans he got from Dr. Dre and all the fans that Dr. Dre got from him. And it's just reciprocity that is beautiful in podcasting that isn't as common in other kinds of, of, of genres. I think you get it. I think bands get it. Oh, yeah. Bands get it because it's like... We've learned so much from bands. Yeah. Bands sell get merch. It. Yeah, that was one of merch. the things. Holy shit, they're good at that. Um, bands learn... You know, p- people get bands because I want to see my favorite band at this festival, and there is these five other bands, and I really love them or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think, like, that happened. That happened. That's, that, the band thing has done that. And and now podcasting is 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 doing that for comedy. And it's and it's like it's, podcasting is changing the face of entertainment and comedy without a doubt. For sure. Twenty years from now, we'll look back on this and go, that's where that's where it changed. I'll tell you, I've been doing this six years, and it might be the best career decision I've ever made. The most empowering thing you've ever done in show business, yeah, right? Because I still have a really good time doing it, and it's not, and it helps. You do whatever you want. Yeah. You plugged a microphone into a laptop. 
That's how that's that, that that was the decision that got made. That was the decision, you know. And and everybody helped me do it. Yeah. My initial, you know, my initial 500 fans were like, "Yeah. Yeah. Go Let, for it. Let's I will give you 12 cents if or 12 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever to get you some basic equipment." We had fans, we had so many sound issues early on. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> People fucking stayed with us. Right. You know, and that's why we were like, "We're spending the money on a soundboard." Yes. You know, you guys bought enough shit out of our store. Yeah. We can afford one now. Right, right. And, uh, you know, like you say, you want to hug those people. You just yeah. want to, you just want to pick them up and hug them. You're so adorable, you little fan. They're just, it's, it's, it, it's affirmation of the fact that, you know, there's affirmation of you being alive that we all need. And, uh, it's exhausting. <laughs> and, uh, and the fact that I, I do have self-esteem, American public. It is its own thing too, where you're just like, okay, they're at the very least, especially living in Los Angeles, you're like, okay, these people genuinely like what I do. And in Los Angeles, there's a lot of people who don't. Right. You know, they don't and, like what you do and they make it clear. Right. Just you're, because we're, they we're, don't know what to do with you and they say it more often than they know what the, it's they, almost when like somebody they, says, I don't know what to do with you. I go, Oh, you're not smart enough. You're not good at your job. You're not good at your job. You don't yeah. know what you, when somebody says that's not possible. I go, no. You can't make it possible. Yeah. It is possible. Yeah. You just aren't effective. You don't, you're too dumb. Like some, a director said to me once, he goes, show business is the only job, the only profession where in order to get in, you have to have a D average. <laughs> and that's what you get. Yeah. And, and that's- I'm tired of playing nice with these fuckheads because I don't need you anymore because you yeah. don't, buy, you don't determine how many people buy tickets when I go to Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah. So yeah. fuck you. Screw you. You know? I'll tell you the, um, there was a point. It was all about, um, oh, Nina Conti. I saw a ventriloquist in Montreal. Uh, Tom Conti, character actor, uh, British character actor. His daughter, Nina Conti, maybe 35. Uh, she's a ventriloquist. Of course she is. And what else should would she do? I would love to, her to be on the Dork Forest, first of all, because uh, there's nothing better than a ventriloquist on a purely audio show. Yeah. Hello, because, Edgar Bergen. Exactly. But, Here comes Mr. Freckles. <laughs> what are you doing? You're holding a tat puppet. No, but but the I mean, think of the commitment that it takes to become a ventriloquist. And she was an excellent ventriloquist. And I sat through her show thinking to myself, I bet you there's pe- there's industry. She's very beautiful. Very good looking woman. And I, I, the industry was all a buzz about her, but the buzz was, well, what do we do with her? And I was like, guess what's not broken? Nina Conti's ventriloquism. It's already working. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. Like show business is like, as I go into like my NFL dorkness <laughs> is like, honestly, and click and click the whole audience <laughs> just shuts down. We don't care. Graham, um, is like, it would be like, here, here's show business. It's like, we're going to get Tom Brady on our football team and make him hand the ball off. <laughs> Never going to have him pass. Never use the God-given ability that made him one of the best quarterbacks ever with three Super Bowl rings. No, 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 Tom. Hand the ball off to these kids that tested well in some goddamn, you know... Like a bunch of babies looking at it yeah. going, goo-goo, yay! It's unbelievable. Like, oh, we focus grouped and this running back is supposed to be good. Right. And it's like, well, no, Tom Brady, let him sit back there and throw the ball. He'll He'll win championships for you right yeah yeah but it just, i just don't know what to do with the guy that passes the ball really well oh maybe get him receivers you cocksucker <laughs> like it's unbelievable and I, you can make that analogy a thousand times over Pick that is game. a t-shirt that is <laughs> get him some receivers cocksucker let's cocksucker. do that uh that i think that that's the place to end it 
Good night, cocksucker. <laughs> like, Good night. Done. Don't forget to write. Uh, people, you've done vital work. You've listened to Graham Elwood. You listen to me. You've listened to us dork out about a lot of things. A little tirade We got a little tirade We got a little ranty. We got a little ranty. But there's also, you dig for some nuggets there. There's some good quality books to yes. read and movies to watch and TV to see. and Quarterbacks to par- pursue. Right. Go Your go, fantasy football league. Your fantasy football league. Maybe I'll get Graham Elwood on. He can go Greg Proofs on the history of the NFL. Maybe we'll do that. Boom. Boom. Love to do that. Thanks for listening. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we. You. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?